Hi, I'm Brayla. And I'm Carol. And you're listening to Social Hazard. And welcome to a new year. Carol, how's it going today? It's going good. You know, I'm currently listening to two different sounds at the same time. Which two sounds are you listening to? My upstairs neighbor sounds like he's moving his bed on a normal Sunday afternoon. And I'm pretty sure there's a man outside of the garbage area picking out glass bottles as one does. How are you? Um, I'm doing well, except for the fact that I'm really cold today. Don't know why. I'm just exceptionally cold. What are you wearing? I'm just wearing this, uh, hoodie blanket that some rando gifted me. Sounds like, uh, they know your style, know your desires. Okay, yes, I'll admit it. You did get me this sweater blanket for Christmas, and it wasn't the only thing you got me. Um, if anyone listening also listened to our previous episode with Paper Plane, where Carol talks about buying underwear for her brother, she also bought underwear for yours truly, myself. I did indeed. And how, how are you liking those underwear? They're very nice. They're very, um, they feel very healthy for my down there region. And I never would have splurged on that for myself. So they're a great gift. I know. I'm quite proud of that one. Okay, Carol, we're going to start something new on Social Hazard where we start the episodes with a fun question. So our fun question of today is who is your favorite celebrity so far of 2020? Army Hammer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you didn't like that. I was kidding. <laughs> he was the only one that came to my brain. You know that guy that sings the, is this available? Yes, it is. On TikTok. Please leave me alone. I am sleeping. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's who you choose? I don't know why I didn't sing that for you for so long for you to understand. But that's who I choose because I didn't really know who he was until the beginning of this year. And and I'm obsessed. So that's who I choose. That TikToker. Okay, I love it. What about yourself? Okay, on the TikTok theme, I'm going to copy you and I'm going to say Frankie Jonas. He's brought me so much joy and he makes me proud to be a Libra. Mm, Frankie Jonas. The man who carried the Jonas Brothers. Mm -hmm, The long lost Jonas Brother, really. Every year, most of us create plans and New Year's resolutions. But this year, we said, fuck you. Fuck all of that shit. And so instead of that, Brilla and I decided to create a list of all of our subtle and not so subtle toxic traits in which both of us will be naming our individual traits and then the other will be rating it out of 10. And why are we doing this, you may ask. We don't really know. So please be kind to our toxic traits. We know we have them and we're just trying to be transparent. Well, may I chime in and say, I think admitting that you have a toxic trait is the first step to growing as a person. And so, you know, by publicly doing this, we're just holding ourselves accountable to do better in the future. So does that imply that we're going to change, Brela? That we're going to act upon changing our ways? Well, Carol, change is hard, but we'll see. Okay, noted. So we're just doing this for funsies and so people can call us out. Great. Okay, who wants to go first? Um, well, before we dive right in, I thought maybe we should say something nice about each other to ease the blow. So we so we have to compliment each other or ourselves. You have to say something nice about me and I know it'll pain you, but that's the <laughs> that's the goal of this exercise. We're practicing words of affirmation. Yeah. Shall I go first? If you so please. I mean, I don't. I don't know why I offered to do that. Um, something I like about you? Yeah, something positive to the other person. Mm, I have to think on that. 
Okay, my compliment of the day to Carol is that she is a very giving friend and not in like a light way, but <laughs> but Carol, I feel like in her close friendship, she really gives her all and like really bends to the situation so that she can be there for you. Wow, that's so nice. Oh my God, tell me more. No. Okay, that's the limit. I am what you may call the giving tree. I guess I'll go second because there's only two of us. Brayla is a really good listener and advice giver. Let me unpack that for you. Brayla will often just sit there and listen to me rant about things that she probably does not give a shit about, but she'll nod her head, make eye contact with me, and validate my feelings and experiences. And then at which point, she'll often call me out on my bullshit and then give me solid advice that often feels very nurturing and yet luxury. So all in all, Brayla is the mom of social hazard. I thought we were co-parents. Yeah, but you know, sometimes I feel like I'm, you know, those parents, like there's one that's more like responsible and then the other one's like kind of like always outside, like doing mm. nothing, like often <laughs> smoking a cigarette, have their back turned to the kids. That would be me. And you would be watching the kids. So you are the responsible one with great advice and listening skills. Wow. Thanks. Um, really prepared to be a mother one day. Okay, Carol, take us away. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Deflecting. Um, so since you, uh, are the mother of the pod family and uh, why don't you go first on your f- number one toxic trait okay and the little preface is that we each wrote down seven toxic traits we actually wrote down more but had to narrow it down to seven each and we did not share them with each other yet so this is gonna be a surprise okay so number one is that this is kind of a little bit of a throwback trait because i haven't been able to practice it lately because it takes place at social gatherings um mainly at parties for example um Um, Basically, if I'm at a party and I see someone that I think it's going to be really awkward to talk to them because like, I don't know, we have weird beef in the past or like they have beef with my friend and I think it's going to be really awkward, I will like physically relocate my body and position myself so that I'm facing away from them so that I am basically avoiding them and pretending like I didn't see them. And I feel like this is a very immature quality to have. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, you know, if you've ever walked into a party and you've seen my back facing directly to you, just know it was probably on purpose. And I apologize. That was a soft, uh, soft toxic trait to begin with. I would say um, out of 10, that's probably like a four. Mm. It's not bad because I feel like many people do that. And like, really, that's not that toxic. That's just a, a mild, immature trait, you know? I mean, maybe physically moving yourself out of a situation might be a little bit toxic, but like the back t- back facing a person is not that bad. Okay, Carol, I think it's your turn now. Okay, well, since you started off light, I will choose the lightest of my toxic traits, um, which is that I seek validation from others in everything I do, in everything I say, from the clothes I buy to the foods I eat to the men that I choose to enjoy and and the profession in which I am trying to break into. And I know that's not a great thing because we should all have self-confidence and we should know our worth, but I seek it externally and not internally. What do you mean external versus internal? We're not a dating podcast, but we keep talking about men. Um, but in the example for the example of men and the romantic life, I seek 
validation in how I look or my body or how whatever. With jobs, I need the boss to be like, you're amazing. Like I've never had like an employee like you before. Like, you are stunning, like amazing. Like I need to give you a raise. Like you cannot leave this company. And then with, I don't know, like even just like the stupidest things like Instagram. I love the numbers. I love seeing the likes. And if I don't get as many likes as I used to, then I'll actually feel very sad. Not to the same intensity that like actual influencers feel like probably, but I do feel discouraged at times. So that's what I mean by external validation. Would you say you feel hurt if, you know, someone you might have been talking to just removes you as a follower on Instagram? Someone that may like hot dogs? I I don't really know who you're exactly referring to, but hypothetically, yes. Let's say I did have a sad pity moment that lasted like 10 minutes where I was like, why did he unfollow me? Why did he remove me from his followers? I thought we had something good going. I think I'm going to rate this a 6 out of 10. I think people feel this deep, you know? Did you say 6 out of 10? Yeah. I gave you a 4. Well, I would say, what are we ranking here? Okay, you know what? Let's give it a five out of 10 because it is mm. very human nature and I think we all do it, but that doesn't mean we should all do it. Bargaining, my negotiation skills are getting better. <laughs> <laughs> On to the next one. Number two, I'm going to say of my personal red flags is that I, I think that I am independent to a fault and I think I really take my independence and value it in some sort of way that I shouldn't. Like, I think because, you know, I've gotten to where I am so far on my own and obviously with support of people in my life. But let's say if I was to picture myself in a relationship, I would see myself as feeling like choked and really tied down and like unable to just uh, you know, do things that I've comfortably done my own way for so long. And so I feel like I view it as like giving parts of myself up. But then it's kind of interesting because obviously in my life, I know a lot of people that are in healthy, committed relationships. And I can see it doesn't actually happen like that in the real life when you're in a healthy relationship. But I just like cannot envision that working for myself. Because I feel like in my brain, I'm like, oh my gosh, if I, because I feel like in my brain, it's like a sacrifice to be with someone else, which I mean, I think part of relationships is sacrifice, but not to the extent that I perceive it. You know, normally I would say that's not that toxic, but if objectively, if we look at it, I think that would be a, a solid seven out of 10. And I think I'm being generous there, even with my seven. <laughs> Noted. You just spoken. So is it only with romantic in a romantic situation or is it just generally like hyper independence? Mm, I think it's mainly in romantic sense, but I also feel like neediness is something that I don't like in a friendship either. And maybe that has something to do with that. Who's to say? So it's not that you don't want companionship. It's just that we've never been in a healthy companionship to know what that's like. Would you say that's correct? Yes. And I feel like our issues we have are holding us back from experiencing that. Mm, issues. I like to think of them as experiences. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, experiences that have entrenched themselves and embedded themselves into our emotional maturity, but still experiences nonetheless. Okay. I think it's time to move on. Hmm. Okay. Well, I guess I'll add on to what you said because my, you were right. We do have some overlaps. I, I mean, I would not be surprised if most of our 
or points were overlapping with each other's. Um, mine, I think I just generally, I, I have this weird like superiority complex with the fact that I am so independent. Mm. Romantically, socially, like in every aspect. And I have this like, I don't need anyone mindset. I know in one sense that like, I have come this far because I have had support systems, but in like a twisted way, my mind is like, but you made yourself like you got yourself here without anybody. <laughs> and and I heard that not just independence, but like hyper independence is a trauma response. Mm. Take that for what you will. <laughs> Yeah, I just have this weird superior complex, like kind of similar to like when you were talking about the neediness in friendships. Like, I just feel like I'm like, ugh, like I'm like really okay if like my friends don't talk to me for however many days. Like, I'm just so comfortable with our friendship that I know that doesn't mean anything. Whereas like, I feel like I have some friends who get very anxious when they don't hear back from someone or something. So in that situation, I'm like, I don't need anybody. Like I, you know, I'm my own best friend, but in the most toxic way. Wow, that is interesting. Hyper-independence as a, what do you call it, trauma mechanism? Trauma response. Trauma response. I'll bookmark that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently it's like when you were a kid, you were either neglected or you were overwhelmed with attention. Your mind is like, I need to separate myself from this like mm. feeling of anxiousness, whether it was from neglect or not. Mostly kids with some sort of emotional neglect have this trait. Mm. Take that for what you will. Noted. Well, I shall rank this. I'm going to rank this a 7 out of 10 because I feel like I've seen this in play and I, I feel like I've seen you damage your own friendships because of this. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I will simply murder you. <sighs> well, that's a very generous ranking for your thoughts on that. I was expecting like a nine. Okay, you know what? Let's give it an eight out of ten then. Okay, I didn't need you to like increase the ranking. You planted the seed. I just watered it. Moving on. <laughs> number three. Okay, you mentioned trauma responses. So my number three trait is actually about fight or flight. And my toxic trait is that I am 200% flight. <laughs> because whenever I am in a situation of conflict, I really prefer to walk away from it fully and like put it in the past. And like, I, I just feel like I don't have the coping skills to face conflict head on. So instead I run away with it and I feel like obviously that's unhealthy. <laughs> um, But yeah, it's just like, I feel like it's so fast that like, Whenever I have some conflict in my life, I'm just like, okay, well, I gotta go. You flight. I flight. She takes that first class ticket out. I mean, that's not a... God, I'm like the worst person to ask about this because I just feel like I normalize toxic traits. I feel like that's like a six. Yeah, a six. Because I feel like a lot of people... Maybe not a lot. A lot of introverted people do that, mm. I think. But it's not the worst thing because I feel like when you flight, you're you're creating some space for healing. If that is your 
strategy of healing. Obviously not everyone does it that way. So then it might create more tension, but it's, I think it's better than like confronting someone in a nasty, like moment of heat situation. Mm -hmm. Like saying something that you didn't mean. Yeah. Because at least when you flight, like, yeah, it's not great to run away from your problems, but oftentimes like you'll be a little bit more like level headed or whatever, Mm. and then kind of get some courage to like actually confront the situation head on or yeah. So I would say a six. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Noted. Your turn. Okay. Wow. We have very similar themes. (laughs) Shocker. My third toxic trait is similar to the flight, but I think it's the way my brain rationalizes it. So at any time I have a fight with anyone, it doesn't matter if it's like romantic, professional, like social, like whatever the relationship is and however intense it is. If we have a fight and it's like pretty big, my mind immediately goes to, okay, well, I guess we just ended our relationship. That's fine. I'll move on. Mm. So I guess it's like a similar like flight response. Like I almost like immediately put distance and I fantasize about what a what my life would look like without said relationship so that I am prepared mentally and emotionally. What if it does happen? Mm. Yeah, I I feel like in the sense you're kind of just like looking out for yourself Mm -hmm. or like you're trying to convince yourself almost that like, okay, well, I was hurt. So in order to move on, I'm just going to go cold turkey. Yeah, pretty much. And you could probably say it's like a, a like a tactic to defend yourself from being abandoned. Mm, yes. I wrote all of my traits down on a whiteboard and I just left it in my living room. And my roommate saw it when she came back from the holidays and she was like reading it and she, she read this one particular and she was like, hmm, yeah, you've told me about that. <laughs> I'd say that's pretty toxic. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're going to call that one roomie approved. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, okay, I will rank that a 6 out of 10 because I feel like, you know, we were on the same wavelength for those. I accept. All right. Okay, for number four, I'm going to say that I hold a lot of grudges. And I mean, I think it's good to remember like person X made me feel this way and I was hurt, but I hold these grudges so deep and so far back (laughs) that like, I I mean, they're also probably cataloged in my journals, which as you know, I like to read back on my previous journal entries. A toxic trait, if I may say so. Yeah, this is a toxic trait within a toxic trait. Um, But yeah, I'm super... I mean, like, I guess in terms of like forgiving and forgetting, I will forgive you to your face, but I will never forget that one text message you sent me at 1.15 p.m. on in 2008. <laughs> so I feel like it's not good to hold on to those things to the extent that I do because it really prevents me from moving forward in certain relationships, my friendships, etc. So yeah, I mean, grudges are kind of fun, but also to a certain point, they are unhealthy. So I'm gonna have to rechange my toxic traits because you keep stealing them. (laughs) (laughs) Or perhaps I'm stealing them from you or we're just the same. (laughs) Grudges are fun, she says. (laughs) I would say that out of 10, that that is probably an eight and a half. Ooh. I would say nine, but I'm taking half a point off because that too is also my next toxic trait. Uh, Okay. Well, perhaps since we share this, perhaps you should expand on it then on your thoughts on them. 
Oh, um, okay. I was not expecting you to put me on the spot like that. I don't like grudges. I hate that I have them and I hate that I hold on to them, but I also hold on to grudges for like way too long. I don't really remember the time and the date and all that stuff and the method of communication in which I was hurt. But things that someone said to me when I was like five, like I still hold on to and I still remember clearly um, and I still have not forgiven them in some sense. But I also think like, I think my, my thing with the grudges thing is that like I also never tell people how I feel or like mm-hmm. how shitty they made me feel Same. Um, they actually never know that like I felt hurt by something because I'm just always like oh yeah sure that was like no problem or like I know you didn't mean it or like I like ru- like I try to shrug it off but inside I'm like oh, I will catalog this into my brain and I will think about it every single day the other day I was just like in bed and this ancient grudge that I had um, with a friend like came into my conscience and I just kept thinking about it over and over and over and I was like I need to go to bed why am I thinking about something that happened in like 20 2014 or whatever and I know that's only going to continue so that's my take on that and normally I would call that a 9 out of 10, but for our sake, 8.5 out of 10. I think for you, I would say an 8 out of 10 because you seem to at least have some recognition that grudges are not good. So I'd say yours is half a notch healthier than mine. True. Yeah, I don't think grudges are fun, unlike someone I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, have you ever just like loved to hate something? Oh, absolutely. I feel yeah. like that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> mm. But don't you ever get tired from hating someone or like holding a grudge from someone for too long? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So you, you deserve the 8.5. <laughs> Shall we move on to number five? Yes, please. My number five hits pretty deep. I think you're going to be upset by this one. Okay. All right. Give it. Uh, So my number five is that I still compare my physical appearance to Eurocentric beauty standards, which I think a lot of us did as kids, obviously. And, you know, obviously I've gotten a lot better at embracing who I am and what I look like. But I just caught myself doing it the other day and I was like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? To me, it feels inevitable a little bit, like not all the time, but sometimes it just feels that way. But but yeah, it's kind of weird to admit that as a 24 year old person, I'm still like dealing with the same issue that I was when I was 13. And maybe it's a different scale, but um, the same root feeling, I would say. Does it happen often or is it just like sporadically? Like less so these days, but again, like in social situations, I feel like I've definitely been at parties where I've like compared myself to people, to girls that like meet the Eurocentric beauty standard. And I'm like, oh, they are so pretty and I am so me. (laughs) So yeah, don't know. I'm going to rate that an 8.5 and I only notch it down half points because this happened recently. So I'm going to let you heal from that. moment and then you know when it has happened less recently then i'll give you a full nine <laughs> so you gave me a pity 8.5 is what you're saying i did it, it was very pity uh 8.5 okay well is this something you deal with at time to time i mean definitely when i was younger i say as if i'm not 24 like i don't think i ever like pinpointed certain things on my body or like my face or whatever to like white girls but I think my thing was more like if there was a if there was an East Asian girl that I saw who like guys really were into regardless of their race, then I mm-hmm. would be like, mm. 
for sure. Yeah, I feel like I've seen um, like other East Asian girls that are like really cool. Like they have what I view as like my ideal body type and like they're on a skateboard and they're wearing like really cool crop tops. And I'm like, oh my God, I could never. Because mm-hmm. they're always like really like they have cool vibes and like in some ways, I, I guess it's like a pick me kind of mindset to have, but they are like kind of accepted into the beauty standard because they're very close to perhaps white beauty. So I guess like I do kind of fall into your toxic trait, but I think I I go through it through the East Asian body, if that makes sense. Yes. But it's true though. Like, I mean, not to, not to think about Olivia Rodrigo, but. But we're going to do it. We're going there. Okay. I'll, I'll be honest though. Like the guys that I used to like get with, they never really got with blonde girls after me. So I can't really um, sympathize with her situation, but I do understand um, what that song generally implies. And I feel that, which is that the Aryan look is at the central focus of Western beauty standards. And that hurts. And that does hurt. But you know what hurts more, in my opinion? When the guy ends it with you and then gets with the girl who either looks similar to you or is you, but like $2 more expensive. Why you gotta go there? Well, because, you know, there's that saying like, oh, you're a discounted blah, blah, blah. But like in this case, there's it's, it's a slight upgrade. Yeah, just like a slight upgrade. I don't want to say $5 more expensive, like $2 more expensive. I feel like it's a pretty realistic thing to say because, you know, I'm not that ugly. So, okay, Carol, I think we should move on to your toxic trait number five. I'm going to kind of lighten up the mood here. My fifth toxic trait is that in romantic settings, I take, 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 but I don't want to give at all. Mm. Like not even like an ounce, like not even like a drop. I want to take it all and just have you be okay with me taking it all. Why is that? Why are you like that? I don't know. I think it's like a fear of being judged and abandoned if I do give. Unpack the baggage, lady. Because, you know, like when you enter a romantic relationship, companionship, whatever, you often have to like share vulnerabilities and like Mm -hmm. kind of the shit that you've gone through. But I feel like if I give too much, the partner will be able to weaponize what I've said and use it against me to like blackmail me, emotionally manipulate me. I know that's so dramatic, but like I'm very scared of like opening too much in an authentic way to my romantic partner. And then also in my weird twisted brain, I feel like if I kind of like offer myself romantically to someone, I just assume they'll break me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I don't want to give anything. I did laugh at you earlier, but 200% like I have compromised, jeopardized, companionships as you dubbed it because I refused to open up and I had so many walls up um but I I never really looked at it as a sense of giving and taking because for me I'm always just like okay I'll be a really good listener and that's enough and I don't have to share off about myself I think you really nailed this one so I'm gonna give you dare I say a 10 out of 10 you're giving me a 10 out of 10 (laughs) Mm mm-hmm That's my most toxic trait. I think so. Wow. I've gone too, too easy on you, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) But But I accept. I accept it. It was funny because my roommate also called me toxic at one point. Like not like as a person, but like as a romantic partner, I'm quite toxic. And she was like, Carol, have you ever thought about like, you know, reflecting? And I was like, no, what is that? (laughs) Well, that's why we're here today. Okay, so for number six, I'm going with the fact that I think I'm a 24 year old workaholic. And I feel like 
for the past like what two or three years after going to grad school I feel like I've really thrived on overbooking myself and over committing to different projects um and I feel like I don't want to be like this at 24 yeah I feel like I put my projects and my work before myself So it's like damaging to myself. I put it before my relationships. So I'm really like closing people off by doing this. And I feel kind of conflicted about it because in one sense, I'm like, it's not that toxic because I'm advancing my career. Like this is good for me. This will open doors for me. But at the same time, I'm like, what's the point? I guess I should say, does it actually open doors for you if like you're miserable and you don't have like the people in your life around you? I, I'm giving you a 9.5 because I have seen it happen. I've witnessed the ways in which it can kind of like influence your mental health generally. So like for you, for your well-being and sanity, I'm giving it a 9.5 because I think you should change this trait. And I do believe that this is probably your most toxic trait because even earlier today, I texted Rayla and I was like, hi, like when do you want to record? And she was like, I'm working right now. And I was like, it's noon on a Sunday. I'm going to go nap. Okay, well, to be fair, I'm on deadline right now so I feel like you know this is special circumstances and I should be given a pass on this particular day defensive are we no not at all um yeah so 9.5 but I think a lot of perfectionists do relate to this I am guilty of this but for you I think it's gotten a little bit longer than I have because at least I'm at a point where I can just relax now (laughs) it's funny because I don't consider myself a perfectionist I don't consider myself a type a person (laughs) (laughs) But you are laughing at me, so perhaps I should rethink that. That was so rude. You gave me a 10. I think I can laugh at you. Okay, well, whatever. I'm just going to keep being defensive. Let's move on. Good choice. Good choice. Since you give like a very realistic one, I'm going to give a stupid one. It's not stupid. It's real, but whatever. I downplay my worth and my skills and what I can offer to company, to to my job, to whatever. Mostly professionally, I think. Like when I remember I was talking to like a mentor and she was like, Kara, like, what are you good at? Like she just genuinely wanted me to like list things that I thought I was good at. And I couldn't come up with one thing. Mm. And it wasn't even like a, like, I'm so cute. I'm going to like self-dep. It was like a serious, like I was unsure of what I was good at and what I could offer my employer. And like, it's weird because I feel like sometimes this might be like a symptom of inferior narcissism. I know I'm good at things, but then I don't actually think I'm good at those things. So for example, like I know I'm good at writing, but I don't actually think I'm good at writing. I think I'm a critical thinker, but then I compare myself to other critical thinkers who are way more nuanced and have stronger communication skills than I do. And I'm like, I am not very good at that. Yeah. So I just feel like I downplay my worth and my skills in in my work. And I guess just previously my academic career. As someone who knows you, you really do take your self-deprecating jokes to the farthest possible level. You can always take them. And you know, I don't think any of us are sure if you're joking at this point anymore. So I'm going to give that a 9 out of 10. I feel like that is something you should work on because you need to learn to not brag about yourself yet. We'll work on it, but you need to work on how to recognize your accomplishments and what you bring to the table because it is quite a wide array of things that you bring. You need to start being able to acknowledge that when appropriate. Yes, I know. I know. I mean, it's okay in social situations sometimes, but if you're in a job interview, you can't really afford to be like, ha ha, I suck at everything. (laughs) 
Yeah. I think like part of the reason is you like we both came from like very like competitive academic programs. The toxicity of that competitiveness has pretty much influenced the way that I see myself. That just like that increased when I got to grad school. And so now I'm just like, what am I good at? I'm good at eating. I'm good at sleeping. (laughs) Stupid things like that. So I agree. I do have to work on that. Hopefully by 35. We'll see. You've got 11 years. I think we can do it. Hopefully. (laughs) In the last, very last toxic trait... Okay, we're on to the finale. Okay, so for my final toxic trait, I'm going to keep it short and sweet, but it's that as Carol and I work in media and journalism, my final toxic trait is related to that and how I am addicted to reading the comment section on my own articles and reading the tweets and social media response to my stories. And it's like I'm addicted to the hate comments (laughs) when they exist. Mm -hmm. I've seen this happen in real life, in real time. (laughs) I mean, it's like, I feel like we started off doing that like as a joke, but it just became like a like a routine for you it's not a joke anymore it's who i am it's very interesting to to see happen um i just find it really hard to walk away from the comment section even though i know that like when someone leaves a really hostile comment they're usually like not informed on what the story is about or they didn't even actually read the story i just take it so personally for some reason i would say that's quite a toxic trait but it's not that toxic i think so i'm gonna give it like a five It could be worse. Like it could be like you can just never get off your phone and you have Mm -hmm. like alerts set up on your phone for every comment that comes in. But it's not that for you because you manually have to look for that. So Mm -hmm. it's a five for me. Okay. Okay. And Carol, what's your final toxic trait? My last toxic trait is that I, uh, I'm a cancer, you guys. That means that I'm emotionally manipulative sometimes. Mm. And what I mean by that is I will say things such as whatever you want to do or Mm. suit yourself or you Mm. do you pretty much in any context. And then specifically in romantic situations, Mm. oftentimes if like, why are you doing that? I'm not even done. I'm just shook. God, um, specifically with men who I'm romantically involved with, like, because my, like, my flirting style is very, it's not real flirting. It's just like intense sarcasm. And sometimes like I'll have guys be like, you know, if you keep being like rude or mean to me, I'm going to stop talking to you or whatever. And I feel like, you know, like a a relatively non-toxic person might be like, I'm sorry, I hurt your feelings, X, Y, Z. But my immediate response is, okay, then leave. Then stop talking to me. See if I care. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that's my immediate response, but it is. I suppose that's like a form of gaslighting or emotional manipulation, whatever. But that's my final toxic trait. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. I'm going to be honest with you. I've never seen you do this, Mm. but um, I'll take your word for it. And I feel like that takes a lot to admit to that. So I'm going to give you an 8.5. Thank you. This came to me at 2 a.m. one night. It was my ninth trait that I had come up with that day. So Dang. Thank you. Okay, so has there been a situation where you've, you know, this has happened and this person's been like, if you don't stop being so mean to me, I'm going to walk away. And you're like, okay, do they actually leave? Or have you managed to get them to like stick around past that point? There was only one guy who actually stopped talking to me. <laughs> and then pretty much everyone else I said that to, they would stick around. And they're like, oh, why do you have to be so serious? Or like, I was just joking. Or like, they'll try to like bring it back in. And then I'll be like, well, that doesn't work on me. So mm, Carol's a player. <laughs> 
player who gets played. (laughs) (laughs) Funny how that happens. I know. Who would have thought? But yeah, I don't think I do. I don't think I do that with my friends. No, I've never seen you do that. Or maybe I used to and then I changed. I don't know. But I still do that with guys. Mm, Mechanism. I don't think I'll ever stop. It's a weird high, you know, because it's like, uh, I'm going to sound such like such an asshole. But like when I say, fine, stop talking to me or you can leave or whatever, and they don't actually drop me, I'm like, hmm, I am powerful. Mm. It's a weird power trip. Yes. How would you rate that, Brayla? <laughs> um, I think I'm going to stick with my 8.5. Okay. All right. What a true friend, you guys. <laughs> uh, that was deep, though. I'll give it to you. Thank you. That was great. That really, and now I have a migraine from all of that. <laughs> yeah. I feel a little bit lighter though, you know, like I said it out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's nice to acknowledge it in the presence of other people. Although now I'm kind of irritated that you think that I'm a type A perfectionist because I never perceive myself that way, but I guess I shall move on with my life now and try and navigate this identity crisis. If you're listening and you fully agree with what I said about the <laughs> type A perfectionist personality and you know Brayla personally, feel free to DM us with your opinion because I perhaps may be completely very wrong, you know? Yeah, I second this motion. We we uh, we appreciate your service. Okay, so to wrap it all off, we now have to say one non-toxic positive trait about ourselves. <sighs> so Carol, you now have to say something nice about yourself uh i don't know if this is repeating your your compliment to me earlier but i think like once i'm in a friendship with you and i feel comfortable and safe in our friendship i will drop everything for you to be there however it is like usually if it's something like oh i broke up with my boyfriend or my mom died i don't know no one's mom died yet but you know what i mean like something like very like you know traumatic for someone like it doesn't matter what i'm doing like i will cancel my plans i will stop my life and i will physically go to that person if i can that's a pretty non-toxic trait right well obviously i agree because i said um a similar iteration of that earlier what about yourself okay i guess i would say that i feel like in social situations i feel like i'm very diplomatic You know, I can like keep the peace in a good social situation. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, I agree. You're a good mediator. It's a good trait. Is that even true? Now I'm doubting like, is that actually a trait that I have? (laughs) Unsure. I would say so. Yes. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Validation. I've, I've seen it happen. So yeah. Noted. Well, that was great. How do you feel about that kind of therapy moment? I feel two pounds lighter. Okay, well, Carol, I had a blast recording with you today. Thanks for listening to our Toxic Traits. And let us know what yours are. We would love to hear from you. Uh, Yeah, slide into our DMs. Hop onto our comments. Let us know. If you're feeling brave, you can even leave a comment um, of your Toxic Trait as an Apple review under Social Hazard. If you're feeling brave. If you're not, I respect it because I wouldn't do it either. Okay, well, I think that's that for today. Great. (laughs) Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.